The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from Dallas Cowboys Training Camp in Oxnard, California. Streaks in! Streaks in! Touchdown! has second! Prescott keeps it! And he bangs it in for the touchdown! And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's time for a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, live from Oxnard, California, as training camp 2023 continues out here on the West Coast. It's preseason week number one, and the Cowboys get ready to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars 4 p.m. Central Time on Saturday. Alongside John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, we are here. This is the final show before football actually happens, which is just so refreshing to say. And we've got another padded practice today to watch. I'm looking forward to it just because of the fact that we can finally see guys hitting and tackling to the ground. Like, they're doing, they're hitting, they're, they're thudding Sometimes out here. Sometimes there's been thudding. a, but, but like when they actually do tackle the ground, I feel like I need to post that video because it's just so rare when you see that. And also it's, the coaches don't want that. But yeah, to actually get to see that. In the trenches, particularly in the preseason, I'm looking forward to that uh, more than anything else. Hey, Chris Beam in the back, can we get this episode named Thudding? That's a, <laughs> I, I like that. No, but I'm really excited to see these guys in action on Saturday. We've, we've been talking about it, it feels like, ad nauseum since, uh, well, since I got here, since the draft for sure. So I, I'm definitely excited to get going. Yeah, lots of youth with this team trying to merge with the veterans. I mean, there's a lot of veterans that are probably not going to see the field on Saturday. Maybe a couple that will just based off of injuries and, and things of the sort that are trying to work back from. Uh, but for the most part, it's going to be a chance for that youth side of the football team to shine, which I, I think Cowboys fans are, are excited about and ready to see. But, uh, I mean, let's get into talking points. I mean, a lot of that, at least over the last couple of days, has been the defense. That talking point for me, at least, is is how dominant the defense has been. They continue to get after it. They continue to push this offense. I thought Monday the offense had a great practice. They got the ground game going a little bit. They were able to kind of fill some holes and then Tuesday was a complete turnaround. I thought Tuesday was was really a, a rough practice offensively. Uh, but what are you guys looking at? What are you guys seeing out there on the field? I still have my questions about the offensive line. That would be the biggest thing. You know, if I take out a depth chart right now and I look at it, I don't have many questions about the defense. It's yeah. I look at the offense and, yeah, you know, Dak, you mentioned that in that practice, threw, threw a few interceptions, uh, a couple to Trayvon Diggs and, and one to Leighton Van Der Esch. But even with that, like it doesn't really concern me. That I feel will all work itself out. They're they're working in a new offense, but it's about how well can that offensive line block. And I, we see it to a certain extent out here. But now we'll see on Saturday, especially because you talk about starters not playing. Like you don't expect to see Tyron Smith out there. I don't expect to see Terrence Steele out there. I don't expect to see Tyler Biotish out there. So that's a lot of playing time for reserve offensive linemen that they really need a couple of these guys to step up. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how this depth kind of steps up, especially with the reps that they're going to be getting on Saturday. Um, you had mentioned the offensive line, especially the interior. Uh, right guard Josh Ball has been getting a lot of work, so seeing him get some game reps maybe will increase some confidence, not only in him, but you know people that are hoping that he can step up to that occasion, especially if Zach Martin's not able to come back. But also Brock Hoffman, you know, I, th- I feel like he's had a strong last week. I'm, I'm curious to see what he does when he puts it onto the field on Saturday. Uh, there's going to be a lot of guys, you know, 
just kind of looking at Lindstrom as well. I mean, there's a lot of interior guys that, you know, there's a huge opportunity still open for any of these guys to take. So uh, we'll see who takes advantage of it. Is that your talking point as well, or do you have anything else? Uh, I, I would say my talking point, what I'm looking forward to going into Saturday, is um, the Jacksonville receivers versus the Cowboys defensive backs. Um, okay. I, I think top to bottom, from the top of the depth chart to the bottom on both sides, it's going to be a really fascinating battle. We could talk about the top, and it de- kind of depends on who plays for the Cowboys. Uh, but for for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got Christian Kirk, you got Calvin Ridley, who will most likely be playing, considering that he just came off a year-long suspension, probably needs a good ramp up. And you got Zay Jones as their wide receiver three, who had a great year last year, and you know is trying to prove once again that he can be a, a viable Z option out there for him. So, uh, you know who who covers those guys? Nashawn Wright probably gets the the assignment of Zay Jones, and uh, you know we'll we'll kind of see who who they play and, and bounce around. But even at the depth of that group, you got Parker Washington that they just drafted in the sixth round out of Penn State. That was a guy that was getting first round grades going into the season last year. Really athletic guy, really speedy, uh, has an incredible route tree. I want to see him against Eric Scott just because it, with Parker Washington's versatility and how he can kind of fluidly move around I want to see that against Eric Scott because he's just as fluid and is pretty much versatile as well so I, I would like to see those two guys pitted against each other and you also got Jare Jenkins that's another young receiver that mm-hmm. they have it's going to be fun top to bottom from quarter one to quarter four and reports at least early on are saying that they expect Trevor Lawrence to play just a little bit and they expect some of those receivers to see some time. I bet you Calvin Ridley gets multiple series. Probably. Those other guys probably don't. Zay Jones yep. and, and uh, uh, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, yep. yeah. I think both of those guys are probably going to, to take a, a step back, at least at the moment, and then that'll be Calvin Ridley for maybe two or three series, and then he'll get out of there. That's a good challenge. I mean, we've talked about iron sharpens iron on the field. They finally get that up opportunity to face somebody that doesn't have a star on their side, on the side of their helmet, and you instead get to go up against another team. I think that's going to be valuable for guys like Wright and Eric Scott Jr. Uh, I doubt De'Ron Bland sees a ton of playing time. Maybe he gets a series, but uh, for the most part, that's going to be a good challenge. It's something I think this this secondary relishes. It seems like Al Harris wants that type of challenge. Yeah, I don't need to see Duran Bland. I feel like their I top say. three corners are very similar yeah. to their top three receivers on this team. <clears throat> I, I don't think you need to be putting them out there. Eric Scott is, is, is a key for sure because yeah. you've just been seeing good things. You've been hearing good things about him. Um, I thought the other day... The, the Pivot podcast was out here talking to Micah Parsons and some of those guys caught up with, with Trayvon Diggs and they asked him, you know, like who's kind of caught your eye and whatever. And, and he mentioned, you know, Eric Scott is a guy and you obviously hear it from the coaches as well. So that one, that really interests me is like, what can he do in that, in that situation? Because if you are going against some of those top receivers, let's be honest, he's not going to shut those guys down, you yeah. know? And so that's my big thing about corner. It's funny because you see it too when you're in the locker room. It's like, there's a, corners are wired a certain way because you're never just going to completely shut people down. I would say some of the most prickly personalities I've been around <laughs> have been defensive backs and, and particularly corners. And so that's the thing. It's like, so Eric Scott gets beat on a player or whatever. Now you got to come right back and, and kind of put that behind you. And that's so easier said than done. Most human beings are not wired that way. Yeah, that's just the nature of the job, right? <laughs> you have to be able to kind of shrug it off, but also take the heat whenever it comes. But no, I'm really excited to see Eric Scott. You know, we've been, since he was drafted, I feel like we've been hearing about the potential he can bring from a coverage standpoint, uh, whether that be in man or zone. And I feel like he's shown both of those things out here, but it's just translating it to the practice field. And one thing specifically I would like to see from him is, 
his work in the run game just because that was the one knock I had on him from his college days is you know he was not really that efficient in the run game he he got torn up a couple times so uh, I'd like to see him in those situations and see how we can move forward from that we're talking a lot about the secondary but which one are you more excited to see on Saturday the pass rush or the secondary because I mean I think it's for two completely different reasons for sure I think for pass rush it's can they continue to do what they've been doing out here whereas the the secondary it's more so can they continue to build and can the youth shine a little bit well let's start with this if, if there's a four-man front who's who's playing the majority of the game Ooh. that's a question question yeah. for question for both of y'all because I, I I think I, mean, I think there's I think there's a case to be made for a lot of guys that could be playing quite a bit of series that's that's I'll give you I'll just a name I want to throw out like do you want to see a lot from Sam Williams I yes. do yeah I do absolutely I, I do too, and and one of the reasons why is because I don't feel like I've noticed him as much out here as maybe I thought I would. Like obviously Lawrence and Micah Parsons, you notice them a lot, and with Sam Williams, there's a part of me that it kind of goes back to that preseason game last year with with Cavante Turpin, where he has the two big returns, you know, and it's just like one of those things like, yeah, go ahead and take your your pads <laughs> off. We're good. We've seen up here. Like to see Sam Williams come out early in this game, kind of wreck shop, and then being like, "All right, Sam, we're good. We've seen enough there." You know, especially going against you know a first team offense like that. And 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 really, like when you rattle off all those receivers and you think about what Trevor Lawrence is becoming, that like this isn't just like well they're going to go against ones. They're going against ones of like one of the better teams in the NFL. Absolutely, playoff team. Anton Harrison, I think that's going to be a fascinating tackle matchup for whoever Mm -hmm. is lined up at edge, whether that's Sam Williams or you know if Dorrance Armstrong gets some play. So. Again, I'm curious to see who rolls out there for the defensive line because you could make a case that a lot of those guys, you can go ahead and put that bubble wrap on yep. and, and let, them, let them chill until week one. The four guys that I have on my depth chart as the number twos, and this is my depth chart, this is just based off of what I've seen out here, it's Dorrance, Neville Gallimore, Chauncey Golston, Sam Williams. So that's the official Dallas Cowboys depth chart, right? Is it? Oh, <laughs> no, I, no, oh yeah, you're just making a joke. I'm, I was about to say, is, if it might line up, it might. I don't know. But Dorrance, bubble wrap. I don't think yep. you're going to want to see Dorrance a whole lot. Neville, I can see Neville getting a significant amount of playing time. Chauncey will get a significant amount of playing time. Sam might be yeah. a couple couple drives and out. Well, uh, and the other guy that would be in that mix, I feel like when the season gets going, it would be Mozzie Smith. But then you're sitting there, you're sure. going like him coming off this injury. Injury, like, you know, mm-hmm. how much are they going to play him at all? Do they want to just hey, let's? I have him as a, as a kind of a, a penciled in starter because right. I I just think he will take over yeah. that opportunity. Dante Fowler Jr. is is off the edge. Do you need to see him I, a whole I'm lot? With, I don't yeah. need to see anything. I, I'm from him. thinking the same thing. This is going to be a huge opportunity for the rookie, Viliami Fahoko. I think yeah, Junior sure. Fahoko. He's he's been relatively quiet. I get a lot of questions on Twitter and a lot of people saying, "What is Viliami doing? What is Junior doing?" I I think he's been fine, but he also hasn't flashed. He hasn't yep. done the same things that that Williams or Parsons or Dante Fowler have been doing. That's where he gets a chance to shine in. And and I was talking to Dan Quinn yesterday, and Dan said, "I'm really excited to see Fahoko." show a little versatility, show a little bit of that positionless defense because if he can come off the edge and rush a passer, great. But if he can go on inside and, and fill a hole and, and stop the run, then that's another great opportunity for him, to whether he's the three technique, five technique, edge rusher, wherever they put him on the line, it's at least a chance for him to show some of that stuff. You expect him to, to see uh, not only just a, a, a good amount of playing time, but also to possibly show that some of the stuff that he hasn't shown out here yet. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other part of it is when they drafted him, I was kind of like, you know, I didn't know a ton about him. Yeah. And then so the more you read up on him and the more, you know, you get in the conference call, you talk to some coaches and stuff, and it's, you know, you just see kind of them using him as a similar role as Golson, and I'm just like, 
I'm interested to see how that works out because it's one of those deals where almost like with Tyrone Crawford for a while, like it was like he never just had that one position and was like always moving him around. So I, I kind of would like to see those guys kind of settle into a role, you yeah. know, whatever that be, instead of just being like, yeah, this week you're going to line up here, and this week, you know, you're going to line up on this spot, and you're going to go against this guy, and this week you might not play as much. And I know it's it's easier said than done when you have a loaded defensive line, um, but I, I just it's hard for him to stand out uh, with who he's got in front of him, and I don't know exactly what his position is. I know that Dan Quinn likes him a lot, and but that doesn't mean necessarily that, oh, well, I didn't see him flash in the preseason or out at training camp. Well, this guy's never going to, you know, make a big impact. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, it, it, you know, that's why you, you, he's not like he's a first or second round pick. Uh, yeah, but just like I said with the Turpin thing, you'd love to see any of these guys just kind of, you know, kind of catch your eye and, and turn ahead and be like, oh, wow, you know, I didn't notice that him having that kind of an impact during uh, the preseason. The other thing is, or during the training camp, the other thing I, I would point out is in all sports, there are some players that, are great in practice or they're great in this environment and they're not as great there. And then there's other players that they're absolutely at their best when the lights come on and you don't really know that until the lights come on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for Junior Fajoko and for uh, Austin Richards, this is a really important opportunity for both of these guys just Great because, um, you know, the, I feel like there's a level of unproven with both of those guys just based on what's been put out out here. Uh, and when you look at the draft picks, I feel like the, those are easily the two that have been talked about the least. Ooh, I'm, I'm excited to see both of those guys. Absolutely. I mean, the rookies always have a little extra uh, little extra intrigue. I think Jalen Brooks falls under that category. Steve, John Stevens falls under that category. Having those rookies in this preseason game it's their first chance to really show. First time they'll have a star on the side of their helmet as well. So there's a little extra pride factor there too. So really excited to, to see those guys. But when we come back, I want you guys to send in some texts. We got to get these texts rolling. 817-290-3298. That's the Talking Cowboys podcast text line. 817-290-3298. We're going to answer some questions. We've already got a couple really good ones from right at the beginning of the show. But send us some more in because we're going to hit that when we come back with more Talking Cowboys after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest 
version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to Talking Cowboys. This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys as we welcome you back into another training camp episode leading in to preseason game number one with John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman. It's time now to go to the text line. Send us your questions, 817-290-3298 from the 214 Talking Cowboys crew. Other than Tony Pollard, who would be the most surprising cut among running backs at camp, even if they end up on the Hmm. practice squad? Because there's a lot of talk around this running back room. I think that talk will continue into the preseason. It's a pretty good question because right now there's no clear cut, but there's also no clear standout at the same time. That's a really good question. I feel like you could go with any of those guys. <laughs> you could, yeah. I, I guess I would say Deuce Vaughn just because um, they've been integrating him into multiple packages, offensive packages where you know he's lined up as a slot. He's lined up in like a trips bunch at times with guys. Uh, so there seems to be a plan of versatility for him. So I'd be surprised if they, they not necessarily cut him, but uh, put him on the practice squad even. Uh, even uh, but you could point at any of these guys and say, you know, that guy's going to be number two or that guy's going to get cut. I feel like it's still very unproven in that room right now. Yeah, and I don't feel like any of them have really separated themselves from the, from the rest of the group. Now, again, preseason games, you're going to have pads on. That's yep. when you really can tell what you have in the running game. And through three preseason games, when you talk about Rico Dowdle, Malik Davis, and Deuce Vaughn, they're going to get a lot of reps. And so because of that, I know that you know you want to project right now, but – I don't think that there's going to be any problem figuring this thing out. Yep. When the preseason's over with, you're going to know who kind of jumped out. I don't I don't think all of them will just kind of disappoint or all of them will be great. I think that there will be a little bit of a, a separation after that happens. But as of what we've seen out here, i got to go with Rico Dowdle would surprise me yep. just because of the fact of the way Mike McCarthy's talked about him. Mm-hmm. You know, that first depth chart came out, came, came out, and it's unofficial, so let's not read too much into that. But, you know, he was the two at, at, at that running back spot, so I, I think he would probably surprise me. Um, but I also, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, uh, I can't see them moving on from Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, I think Rico, I think that's a credit to Rico. Like, the, that's a compliment to what he's done so far to say it's surprising. Deuce, I think it would be surprising because they, they haven't traditionally cut draft picks, especially on the yeah. offensive side of the ball, too. I think there's there was so much hype around that pick, and there's, of course, the connection with Chris in the, in the vicinity. I think they also don't want to let him get away if if, yep. if something were to shine and and things were to click and it certainly could whenever the the lights come on because he, he showed that that was the case he was a gamer at Kansas State as well so maybe maybe he would be that that surprising cut i think overall there's uh yeah there's a there's a lot of question marks of running back and they've got four guys they have to sort through and all four guys have a chance to be the number 2 or all four guys have a chance to be the fifth running back on the roster which I think is that's what makes this whole situation intriguing. Quick sidebar question: If none of these guys really pop out, do we like Leonard Fournette? Mm. I do. 
I do too. I do. He's that, a free agent, right? He is. Uh, um, this, like I said, three preseason games will give you plenty of time to kind of iron things out, figure mm-hmm. out what you have there. If nobody jumps out enough to where you feel really comfortable, absolutely that interests me. And also because of the fact that I just – that running back position, if you're a free agent running back, I, I don't think that you're going to have to make a really big, significant investment for a Leonard Fournette. Yeah. So, yes, I would be extremely interested in that. I – I'm reluctant, but I also ask me again in three weeks. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to see what happens with this running back group. But if if nothing works out and, and the Cowboys can't get the run game going, whether that be from the offensive line or not, uh, I want to I want to at least see the options. And if Leonard Fournette's out there and he's healthy and he's able, then yeah, let's at least kick the tires on it and, and bring him in. It's kind of being like the, completely candid, though. I. I would have been saying the same thing like three months ago, so yeah. I'm not very unbiased about this. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, the entire time he's been sitting out there. You, you've wanted him? Yeah, and it, I mean, it's not just because of what he was in college and how high of a draft pick he was. It was the fact of you saw what he did with Tom Brady yeah. on a team that was built, ready to make a run. This team is built. You know, they've they've had back-to-back 12-win seasons. Mm-hmm. The guy's been there and done that. Wouldn't need to see him out here, step in week one, and, and, and I think would be an outstanding compliment to Tony Pollard. But, hey, if one of these other guys steps up, by all means, why why just yep. spend the money to spend it? Absolutely. That's not a, a, a – I mean, I think it's a great point, actually, because you look at look at these other positions and the veterans and youth that's that's combined between those positions. I mean, Mozzie Smith, Jonathan Hankins. At cornerback, it's Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore. I mean, you have a veteran uh, – either a veteran playmaker and a, and a youthful playmaker at almost every position along the depth chart – Running back, you just have youthful playmakers for the most part. I mean, Tony Pollard is the oldest running back on this roster, which is <laughs> odd to think It's about. also because that position's a young man's game. No doubt about it. But you, you bring in Leonard Fournette, and that adds a guy that has a veteran playmaking ability, has been there, like you said, been there, done that, won a Super Bowl, played with the best in the game, and it, it, it honestly complements exactly what you're doing at all the other positions. So, yeah, I think I can be talked into that. My but other I, also, fact, I still want to see what happens. Though. My other factor Absolutely. with that, though, is, too, is the fact that I don't I don't care about Tony Pollard making a run at the rushing title. I, I, I need Tony Pollard to be as healthy as possible in January. Yeah. So another running back or two have to step up that you feel confident giving the ball to because, obviously, playing running back, you're not going to be completely fresh in January, but – you saw what they were with and without him. Yep. I, I, that that has to be a goal to, to try and get, you know, win as many games as possible, but you want to get to January with Tony Pollard as, as healthy as possible because he's one of the best weapons you have. He only has one game in his entire career where he has over 20 carries. One game. Everything else has been under 20 carries. So if you expect him to come in and have 25, 30 carries and carry that same load as, as Zeke did whenever he was the number one back or when he was the bell cow back, that's not a successful formula i mean you want to allow for tony pollard to to continue to grow as the season goes along but you don't want to overload his plate and so i that's where i'm worried at the same way too because if one of these guys doesn't step up behind tony pollard i don't want to overload his plate because that takes away what his game is it takes away the home run threat that he is and it's there instead it wears him down over the course of a season not 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 in my interest at all but leonard fournette could be in my interest i like that idea all right Hey, Talking Cowboys, love the show from the 817. Billy from Grandview wants to know about the tight end, John Stevens. We'll tell you about John Stevens. Are they going to hide him and some of the other young talent on this roster, or are they going to play him and let him shine? I think you have to play him because when I think of the tight end position, Jake Ferguson's young, Peyton Hendershot's young, Luke Schoonmaker's young. 
So I can see wanting to see stuff from them, but do you really need to see a ton from them? And so I don't need those guys playing all games. So yeah. I, I mean, it's just out of how many bodies you have on the roster, I, I don't think that you're going to be able to hide John Stevens. I think he's going to have to play. Yeah, I don't think so either. Also, Billy from Grandview, shout out to the Grandview Zebras, Ooh, one of the best high the school uh, mascots in right. the state. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can hide either him or Princeton fan. Um, stretch and bull, as, as they've been called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I – it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough, especially because you want to see what he's been doing out here downfield. You would like to see that translated into a game environment. I, but I understand the, the sentiment and wanting to maybe hide him, but I think that's going to be tough to do. Wow, that's a great inflatable they have, too. It's oh, incredible. you talking about the Zebras? Wow, it's yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they have their, their helmets are like the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, uh, no, incredible. the Cincinnati Bengals helmets are like the Grand, <laughs> right. the Grandview that's, Zebras that's helmets. Right. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's cool. No, they've got a great uh, football program out there. The uh, – Kind of adding on to what you said, I, I think Billy's trying to hide him to put him into the stash him into the practice squad and allow him to come up. But I mean, you got to give these young guys, especially if they've shown promise on the field, you got to give them a chance to play, let them play a little bit. I think it'd be a lot of fun to see John Stevens continue to grow. And it's not like tight end number four is a solidified position. You've got the three guys that you know are probably going to be on the roster: Ferguson. Uh, Hendershot and Schoonmaker. I Those think McCune's on too. To be honest with you, you think so? I do. I I I don't know if it's a lock, though. Would you be willing yeah, to yeah, say it's a lock? I don't lock? think it's a lock, but I'd be surprised if somebody jumped him for that four spot. It's possible, but yeah, there's just there's when you lose a Dalton Schultz, mm-hmm. who is you just know what you're getting. He's solid across the ball, and then now you move to this youth movement there's just something about having a guy who he has veteran experience in McCune that I think would be nice to keep in the room yeah and he's had a great camp I, I think he's shown a lot this month that you know people wanted to see out of him and even coach Linda Wells tight end coach Linda Wells he talked about it I think it was last week when we had uh, availability with him and he said Sean's really come in with a, with a different approach here and he's doing really well I'm going to I'm going to disagree. I'm going to think John Stevens is that tight end four right now. I just think he's shown too much to, to not put him in that spot. And yep. there's been times, when, especially on film, when Sean McEwen isn't in the right spot or he's not able to hold a block and there's things like that. I I don't dislike Sean McEwen from a veteran step, Sounds standpoint. Sounds like you do. From a Sounds like you do. And if, if <laughs> I do, I do. not listening. Hope his but, room isn't one of these right uh, here. He's probably right here. He's in building 16. No, I know what you're saying. Sorry, Sean. Plus, you but, might be able to sneak him. You can totally Whereas, sneak like, him, if John Stevens keeps showing out, mm-hmm. then maybe you feel like you can't let him go. So, that's, yeah. that's ultimately the, the conversation. I think there's, there's a tough conversation going to happen in the tight, in, tight end room. But we've talked about this position before, and TJ from Baltimore, he wants to know which – which position is more likely to go long whenever the 53-man cut comes here in a couple of weeks, wide receiver or corner? So we're talking about tough decisions at tight end, but you also have some at wide receiver. You also have some at cornerback. Which one do you think out of those two, wide receiver or corner, that would be the most likely to get an extra player or two? I don't think either of them will eventually go long. Uh, I, I was Earlier in camp I was thinking maybe receiver. Uh, but it, if either of them are two, I think it's going to be receiver, um, just because I think at the top of the cornerback depth, and even you know once you come into four, five, six, there are some really solidified guys there. I think it's a little bit more solidified than if you looked at the other side on the receiver aspect of things. So maybe they would want to carry an extra receiver as a result instead. But um, I don't think either do of them go long uh, for receiver yeah, seven. Seven. Yeah. yeah. For corner, probably eight. Eight, eight corners sounds like it would be a lot. It, I mean, it does. Because we're not does. talking about secondary as a whole. I'm probably six. Guys. I'd probably say 
I'd probably say seven. Six is normal. Yeah. Seven would probably go long for both. Are you counting Jordan Lewis as one of those six or seven, though? Mm. Yeah, probably. Probably. Well, okay, so I let's... don't think they're keeping more than six receivers. I think it, as we say yeah, today, yeah, so if they cut down the roster today, I just think it's pretty cut right now that it's th- those top three, mm-hmm. and then for me it would be Jalen Tolbert, Turpin, and Jalen Brooks. Yeah. I think that would be my yeah. exact roster. So if you were going to yeah. go seven, who would be seven for you? Seven would be, yeah, I don't feel like anybody's really popped out since that first week yeah. because Jalen Moreno-Cropper came out of the gate swinging. Right. But since the pads have come on, it's kind of been tempered a little bit. Simi Fajoko, I mean, this is this is the camp for him to prove it. Yeah. He's had some bad drops out here. He's had some great catches as well. He had, he had one on Saturday, I believe, uh, was from Cooper Rush that was downfield, created separation on Nation Wright, and it was fantastic. So I would like to see Simi Fajoko in that seventh spot if there were to be one, but uh, I'm not confident in that. I think even guys like Cropper and Barbin uh, and even – at times, Tyron Johnson. I really like what we've seen from Tyron Johnson. Yep. You talk about trying to stash a guy. That might be the guy to stash. Um, they, they've all had camps that are at least comparable to Simi Fajoko, and if that's the case, I mean, that's that's not a great indication on what Simi, yep. Simi's roster impact is going to look like. Who, but, who takes over the um, Noah Brown role without Simi? Do you think it's Brooks? I think it's got to be. I think be. it's Brooks. I, I think right? on special teams as well. I think top to bottom, I think Jalen Brooks can take over his complete role. From everything that we've seen from Brooks, he is willing and able to, to go and play special teams. John yep. Fossil even talked about him a little bit in a side conversation, and he likes what Brooks has brought. I still think John, he wants to see more from, from Jalen, which, I mean, that's fair being the special teams coordinator, but at the moment Jalen is showing more from an offensive standpoint than I think everybody anticipated. So there's there's parts of his game that can continue to grow, which is what makes me excited about Jalen Brooks, and that's why I think he would get that, that sixth spot. Uh, what about, okay, so let's play the numbers game on cornerback real quick. Diggs, Gilmore, Nashawn Wright, Bland, Bland. Jordan Lewis, Five. Yeah, Eric Scott. Eric Scott, six. Yeah, now that, now you're getting into some, some territory for me, here. For me, that's my group. You count C.J. Goodwin? You count him as a special teams I count special him as a special, yeah, okay. special teams I think guy. I would and, do the and same. I think it comes down. I don't know how you, how they keep C.J. Goodwin and Kelvin Joseph. It's gonna. Have, I think it would have to be one or the other there for special teams purposes yeah. just because yeah. those first six corners that you mentioned, I don't see how you're not keeping them. No. I, I don't see how you would want to make any of them available to other teams yeah mm-hmm. okay, that's that's tough for Kelvin especially with a rookie coming in and balling the way he has and you know Jordan Lewis still you know he'll eventually be back but that, that's got to be tough for Kelvin Joseph too yeah you, you don't want to see the writing on the wall because of course I mean he's a second round pick that's that would be a, a big bust for for the Cowboys overall and man I, I just I don't I don't see a whole lot happening from the cornerback spot outside those first six names. Yep. I mean, if you're even adding seven, I think that's stretching it because then you're you're, you're cutting short at, at positions like defensive line, linebacker, safety. You need some of that overall. I think last year they kept ten DBs. I think it was six corners and four safeties, if, if I'm not mistaken. And, I mean, four safeties is even going to be a tough conversation. Donovan Wilson is – or uh, I'll, I'll go Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, J. Ron Curse. Bell. And then Bell or Juanye Thomas. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple guys there that you could also have that conversation for yeah. 
as well. All right, uh, one more. This is from... Well, real quick on that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Mukwamu, he can do so much, and the yeah. silver is sold to where he can help at corner. I think that also factors in why you probably wouldn't keep more than six. Yeah, no, that makes sense, too. Yeah, he could be kind of that flex guy, yeah. gives you that versatility for Dan Quinn. Uh, and th- we might have already answered this question just, just in that last one, but a fan from Long Beach, California says, who needs the preseason reps more to prove their growth? Jalen Tolbert or the aforementioned Kelvin Joseph in order to shoe the coaches or show the coaches. He said shoe, but it's show the coaches uh, that they are ready to take a jump into the regular season. I mean, Kelvin Joseph needs it more. Jalen Tolbert's already in a spot where, like I said, he, to, to me, is the clear four. Whereas, like, we just talked about how talented that Jaguars team is. If you sat there and Kelvin Joseph just had a great day against some of those receivers, against Trevor Lawrence, gets a pick, something like that, that completely changes. Because that's the thing, like, like I I never played football at at, at a high level or anything like that. I played basketball my whole entire life. Same. (laughs) And so for basketball, you can go play pickup, and you got a pretty good read on how players are and stuff like that. With football, like, you could be like a really good flag football player, but then when like the pads come on, it's a totally different game. Yeah. And so because of that, like as we sit here today, a lot of the stuff I'm saying is going off of where these players are right now. But you go and have a monster game in the preseason, that's going to hold a lot more weight than stuff that you're doing on this field. Yep. It's got to be Kelvin Joseph, just because Jalen Tolbert, he's he's not in any sort of jeopardy and any by any stretch of the mean. So um, you know, Kelvin Joseph going out there and balling during the preseason, I think that would be a lot more indicative of where he is rather than Jalen Tolbert going out there and balling during the preseason. Uh, I, I think Jalen's spot right now is mostly solidified as long as he doesn't, you know, something drastic doesn't happen during the preseason. I might, I might catch from some heat from saying this from certain areas oh, of get Cowboys wild. fans, but I mean, it's say it with your chest Thursday. Yeah. But the, I think, I mean, I want Kelvin Joseph to make this team. And, and I feel like a lot of Cowboys fans have written him off because of either off the field issues, on the field concerns, and things of the sort. I want Kelvin Joseph to make this team because in order to make this team, he's going to have to flash like a second round pick would flash. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at. If you're a, if you're a true fan of the Cowboys, you want the success for the guys that you've drafted higher because that's why you draft them higher because they have the ceiling, they have that opportunity. Guys like Tristan Hill is a great example. Tristan Hill would have flashed like the second-round pick that they used on him. He would still be on this team, but he's not because he didn't flash. And and now you don't benefit at all. So I want Kelvin Joseph to make an impact in the preseason. I want him to pick off Trevor Lawrence and, and do something great because if that's the case, that means he's showing a little bit. He's showing a little bit of that flash, a little bit of that hope to where, hey, maybe one day we can put him in there as a, as a team and as a defense and allow him to be successful that's where I'm at. I want him to show that. I don't want him to just fade away and then end up on the ro- uh, off the roster. I, I want him to be that guy, and he just hasn't been that yet. And I'm not saying they look at it this way, but this is kind of how I look at it is, you know, you look at draft picks, second-round pick, you do not want this to be a swing and a miss to this no. level. And yeah. obviously you can go through the Cowboys. Second round has been kind of an Achilles heel uh, in several years. But with the Kelvin Joseph thing, I can easily, if that doesn't work out, I can easily quantify that as – but you got Jerron Bland, so, you know, true. and it just kind of balances out for me like that. I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of guesswork when it comes to, you know, drafting and, and how you rank your prospects and things like that, and sometimes you miss in the second round, and sometimes you hit in the fourth, fifth, sixth. So. Yeah, it's just the balance of it, right? Yeah. I just want it all to work out, though. Is, exactly. I'm just selfish like that. I want it all to work out. I want I want to have Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore. I want to yeah. have Deron Bland and a second-round caliber Kelvin Joseph. Like, that's what I want to see. Well, so. it, I mean, it also hurts his chances just because of the fact of the players you named. Like, they're loaded yeah. on defense. If it's this true. is just yep. an okay – 
give me a better example. If this is like some of the Cowboys' defenses in the past, you're probably just like, yeah, no, he's on the team. He's a second-round pick, whatever. No, they're loaded on defense. So you're not just going to be keeping guys and not keeping other players because you're just stacked so much. It's not just the starters. Like, you're too deep. It's just so solid that that factors in all of this. That's a solid point. Kelvin Joseph would definitely be on this team, no doubt, if this was, what, 20. 11? Yeah, 2018, yeah, 2019. 2019. 2018. Uh, like, I think Absolutely. he would be on it, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no completely question. agree. All right, we got to take our second break, but when we come back, keys to a successful preseason. We're not even going to say a win, but we're going to say keys to a successful preseason. We're going to give you one player to watch coming back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, final segment presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. This segment specifically, though, is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. I have my Invisalign in as we speak. Bet you didn't notice. I'm amazed by that. My my brother's got him, too, and, like, um, he lives in Michigan. And and when we've talked on the phone, I didn't even know that. He had him in. That was always the thing I was worried about, like, you know, getting them, and then when you're talking on air, you're, totally, you're going to have, like, a lisp or something, yep. you know? I was totally worried about it, no doubt. Like, as a play-by-play announcer, as a, as a broadcaster, studio host, I was terrified that it was going to change something. Nothing. It, it feels great, honestly. I could call a game in them. I have called games in them. Uh, and, I mean, they've, they've been fantastic. So You will call games in them, too. Shameless plug. <laughs> okay, okay. I like your transition. All right. Nick is learning. I love this. The uh, yeah, uh, Saturday, 4 p.m. Central Time kickoff. We got 3 p.m. countdown to kickoff. Haley Sutton and crew will join you from the sideline of AT&T Stadium. Then 4 p.m. Isaiah Stanback, 
Bill Jones and myself will be in the booth. We'll call that game. Really excited about it. I mean, that's a dream come true to get to call a game at AT&T Stadium in the main TV booth. That's, that's going to be an absolute blast. I mean, uh, super excited about it. But, I mean, I'm also just as excited as a Cowboys fan to see these guys out there, too. I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun. So hey, you're talking, you're in, that, you're in that booth that, like, Romo and Nance oh, yeah. are in, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. we're in the main, gr- main booth. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so you're, ex- you're directly across the field from Jerry. And, yes. And like, because it mm-hmm. it is wild. Like, if you haven't been to AT and T Stadium, like, it is interesting how they have like, it's almost like it comes out into the stands where the TV main TV booth oh, yeah. is, and then where Jerry and and Stephen and and like Will McClay it's, watch the games. It, it's funny because like, even for college games, I never had a chance like as a Cowboys fan to get down in the lower bowl for a Cowboys game. Oh yeah. So I never got to walk by Nance or Romo or, or I guess at that point it was Nance and. Uh, um, forget Phil Sims. Phil, Phil Sims, Sims, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was Sims at the time. But uh, never got to walk by those guys. But during college games, like if Baylor and Texas Tech were playing or if it was the Cotton Bowl, I would get down there and I would walk by and I'd just kind of peek in, see see who was in the booth and who was there. And so it'll be really cool to, to actually sit down and call a game or I'll probably be standing and yeah. shaking. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. we'll see how that ends up working out. But really excited about the opportunity. Once again, 4 p.m., Central Time kickoff, CBS 11 in Dallas, and then the Dallas Cowboys TV network as well. And then it'll also replay on the NFL network the next morning. So if you miss it live, you've got it. And if you're out of market, you'll get it the next morning. Uh, I believe it's 8.30 Central Time is when it airs on NFL network. So you'll get to, to see our broadcast there as well. But uh, as we wrap things up, I want one key to a successful preseason, and I also want one player to watch, John, on, on who you have your eyes on going into that first game against Jacksonville. No, one player to watch. It's Deuce Vaughn. Because um, I mentioned earlier in the show about the Cavante Turpin. What if Deuce Vaughn, you know, he's going to get a chance to return, I would think, because it doesn't sound like Cavante Turpin's going to be returning any kicks. Cavante Turpin's going to play, but it doesn't sound like they're going to have him doing any returning. Uh what if Deuce Vaughn has just a monster game returning, running, everything? Uh, that would be wild. That would be such a huge, huge storyline coming out of that game. And then one aspect, did you say? What is the first yeah, Oh, key to a successful preseason. Oh, yeah. It, um, <laughs> obviously, it would be great to have two or three reserve offensive linemen step yeah. up. But even if you had one or two, let's say Josh Ball, you were just like, man, I think he's ready. If they needed him, he could step in. Matt let's go, something like that. Yeah. If, if you come out of that, I don't even think you'd care what the scoreboard said. Yeah, there's one of two ways to go with the key. Awesome. I think you definitely took one of them. I think the other one would be uh, a running back two emerges and it's solidified and that's it. And so mm-hmm. for that, Rico Dowdle is who I'm really looking at going into this first preseason game. So two running backs. I, wow. I think this, like I said last week, this running back position probably has the biggest spotlight going into the preseason just because it's still relatively unproven. I doubt Tony Pollard gets much, if any, work. So it's they're going to have their opportunities, that's for sure. That's going to show you exactly what it will mean. I mean, if, if somebody breaks a big run in one of these preseason games, I mean, it's going to stick out. Kind of like the, the Cavante Turpin thing. Deuce Vaughn runs at 60 yards to the house or Rico Dowdle breaks a 55-yard touchdown run. I mean, things like that are going to stick in our mind because everybody's watching for it. Everybody's waiting for it. Uh, I, I think, of course, the easy key is health. I mean, get out of it healthy. For sure. No injuries. Make sure everybody's ready to go for Seattle, and then after that for Las Vegas, and then after that for week one, and that's the most important going into that that matchup with the New York Giants. Uh, But I I don't think I'm too far off from you guys. I want to see what the ground game can do because – but I want to take another aspect of it, though. 
It's for the play calling side of things because with this West Coast scheme, with this West Coast offense, Isaiah's talked about it. We talked about it on his first show on Talking Cowboys out here in Oxnard. If you can't run the ball, it is tough to be successful in a West Coast offense because of the principles that it has, because of the way things are set up, and it all feeds off of the run. So, yeah, offensive lineman steps up, that's fantastic. Running back steps up, that's great. But if you're able to run the ball effectively, that's going to open up the entire offense. And I think that's that's what I'm looking for. I, I want to see the ground game continue to grow. Yeah, what? you're going to need to see that front seven stay honest. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say one other one is, is clearly Brandon Aubrey. They would love for Brandon <laughs> yeah, Aubrey right, to go right. out there, <laughs> every kick, make it, and just look like, oh, yeah, no, 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 this is this is the guy. I don't know why anybody had any doubts. This was going to be the guy the entire time. I, they would love to come out of this game yeah. saying that. Yeah, it's the same thing I, I said uh, a little bit earlier about the running back position of Leonard Fournette's out there. He's floating around. But it would be nice for one of these guys, and I want to see what you have with with the guys in-house. I think it's the exact same situation at yep. kicker. Uh, see what you have with Brandon Aubrey. He's going to get a shot to make every kick, kick, make every PAT, go out there and do his thing. But then once, uh, once things go wrong or if things go wrong, then all of a sudden you've got to have some conversations there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think – Okay, what's a, what's a yardage mark that if he hits would be okay? I think he might actually be the kicker. Is it forty-seven? Is it fifty? Fifty plus. Fifty plus. I want to see a fifty plus. You want to see a fifty plus? Yeah, I do too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But I I would like to see a kick longer than what he's made out here. I think the longest one he's made out here. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Forty-three. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah 43. forty-three. So. What's the longest you think they have attempted? I can't remember seeing anything beyond 48. 47, 48. Yeah. yeah, I want to say 48's yeah. right because it yeah. was one of the mojo moments yeah. at one point where, right. they yep. put, where they pushed them back a little bit. But, oh, um, and one more thing on the running back thing you said about the Fortnite thing. Oh, yeah, believe me, you would love one of these young running backs to be the guy to step up because sure. for me, if that's the case, then it's not even just about this year because you're going to be looking at next year too. Running back is going to be a major thing. Going into the draft, free agency, all that. Like you would love for – because for me, if you're doing Leonard Fournette, it's a one-year deal. So that's yeah. not even part of – if one of these like Malik Davis, Rico Dowdle, Deuce, or all of them step up, then you're. it's not just about like, man, that's great for this year. This is great for the position going forward. Absolutely. And that's probably why they want to see these guys go ahead and play out this preseason that's probably a valid reason why all right before we go i need one one thing you need from me in the booth on on saturday what's one either like a like a keyword or a touchdown call okay i want you to give me something just just so that way and this isn't just for us at the desk this is for everybody listens to talking cowboys this is going to be my way to shout you guys out so you remember this whenever i'm in the booth on saturday i'm going to find a way to fit it in what what is the word or the phrase it can't be like a hot knife through butter or something cheesy like that. It's got to be something that fits in, but just know when you hear it that that it's. This is very easy for me. Very easy for me. What is it? Chris Beavis in the back saying no cap. If you could say no, no cap, cap during a broadcast, Ooh, a I, there's Ooh. there's no way you could pull it off though. Okay, I'm gonna no say cap. I'm just gonna. I'll let you go first, John. I'm gonna think of on this one. I was gonna say just because of what we read there about that mascot being the zebras. If you can call the refs at some point the zebras that's way easier than saying no cap so i like that <laughs> idea a lot <laughs> that's a good one though that'd be a shout out to grandview too it would be uh man i'm thinking hard here you're trying to you're trying to think of something I'm thinking be tough hard. To top, no cap. i'm gonna say i'm gonna say <laughs> plush as a pillow i feel like you could work that in i might plush as a pillow that. i don't know <laughs> He's like, he's like, I'm going with I don't him. know, that was my best thought here. <laughs> he's like, I'm going no cap. We'll work that in. Yeah, I'll, no, find yeah, 
I'll see if I can work in any of those three. If I can work in any of those three, everybody yeah. at home will, will have a chance. They'll, they'll know I'm talking to Talking Cowboys Nation. I'm doing I'm doing the people's work. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm here. I'm gonna try and I'll, I'll try and knock out all three. If I can get all three in there, then we're gonna I'm throw gonna be a impressed. pizza party. We're I'm gonna, gonna be we're very gonna make impressed. It work. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back on Monday to break down everything we saw this weekend from the Jacksonville Dallas matchup at AT and T Stadium. But we're here Monday, Wednesday, and then. We make a trip to Seattle, and it'll be a whole lot of fun. John, you're not here next week, right? I'm not, but I want everybody to know out there that this is some of the worst weather. It looks like it might rain that we get out here. (laughs) And I want want you to know for the record that we were going to keep going. We were. Through the rain. Yep. Because that's what Taylor Swift's been doing, and we can do the same thing here. Love it. Very nicely done. For Chris Beam in the back, for Nick Harris, for John Machota, Swifty of all Swifties, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next week for more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!